So we have been uh, working our way through the life of Abraham. And the reason we've been doing that is we've been trying to ask this question, what does it look like to follow the Lord? And especially, what does it look like to follow the Lord when it isn't entirely clear where the Lord is taking us? Uh, and that the terminology we've used around that is this idea of walking by faith. So, so walking in this sense of following God, not in a blind leap. We just watched uh, Indiana Jones and um, Last Crusade. Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. You know that scene where he's at the, at the head of the, of the lion and he's got to take that blind leap of faith and he looks down and there's nothing there and he's like, you know, believe, 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 believe. That's not faith. It's a wonderful scene. It's a great movie. That's not faith. Uh, Faith is trusting in a God who has made promises. So what we've said is that this is walking by faith. And yet, another way for us to think about this is that this is really the life of discipleship. Uh, Discipleship is our lifelong process of growing in our understanding of who God is, uh, growing in our, our devotion to follow Jesus, and helping other people do the same. Uh, that's discipleship. And that's what God has been doing to Abraham throughout the story. Uh, the Lord has been discipling Abraham. And the reason the Lord has been discipling Abraham is because Abraham, we saw last week or two weeks ago, right, was supposed to do what? He was supposed to direct his children and his household on what it was to follow the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So the Lord is teaching Abraham so that Abraham then could teach Isaac and his household. And then through Abraham, here we are thousands of years later, and the Lord is continuing to teach us. So what we've seen, just kind of a quick recap here for us, what we've seen is that there's certain things that Abraham has, uh, has been doing in this life of following the Lord. Um, there's been worship, right? We've seen several instances where he sets up altars, Uh, And he finds himself worshiping. And the inference that we drew from that is that worship is a central component of what it means to follow the Lord, what it means, what it looks like to walk by faith. Uh, We saw prayer two weeks ago where God invited Abraham to pray for uh, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, And Abraham comes in and he intercedes. And as a result of his prayer, uh, a lot and his family are rescued. And so the implication that we drew or application we drew from that was that God calls us to pray. Uh, he calls us to pray for the brokenness of our city, which is why Jake prayed for, uh, prayed for us this morning. Uh, and then we said that there are all these promises that God puts out there for Abraham. And part of it was he just needed to believe these promises. He needed to take God at his word. And he didn't always do that well. We're going to see what happens because he didn't do that well today. Uh, but the application for us is that we need to know the promises of God so that we can hold on to them uh, in those times where it's tempting for us to forget. Um, so all of those are examples of things that God calls Abraham to do, right? These are all like actions that he needs to start doing or, or things that are like more positive in nature. But sometimes the Lord actually calls us to stop doing certain things or he takes certain things away from us uh, as part of the way that he shapes us into following him. So kids, I want you to imagine that you're at the dentist, okay? You're at the dentist and the dentist says to you, hey, we want to talk about having healthy teeth. Uh, And so what are some things that you're supposed to do in order to have healthy teeth? Brush your teeth, right? 
floss, right? Now, what if the dentist then turned around and she said to you, okay, that's great. So you know that to have healthy teeth, you need to brush and you need to floss, but there maybe are some things you have to stop doing. All right, because if you keep doing these things, it's not going to be good for your teeth. What would be something the dentist would say? Stop having hard candy, right? What else? Any thumb suckers? Right? Stop sucking your thumb, right? Those would be the kinds of things that the dentist would say if she wants you to have healthy teeth. Well, so here we're going to see that the Lord is going to take something away from Abraham. In fact, he's going to take someone away from Abraham. Uh, And it's a really hard story uh, because it's got a mixture of God being really loving to Abraham and also a mixture of people that are being sinned against in the story. And and it's not easy to completely make sense of all of it. Uh, But the Lord is pruning Abraham. Uh, He is helping Abraham to realize that he's holding on to something more than he needs to in order to prepare him for something else. And at the same time, the Lord is providing for people who are suffering uh, under unjust things. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at two things. First of all, we're going to see the Lord's careful pruning. We're going to look at Abraham and what's going on with Abraham. Uh, And then we're going to look at Hagar and Ishmael, and we're going to see God's uh, gracious provision and then we're going to try to figure out, okay, what is that? What is, what did these two stories that on one hand just seem to like have nothing to do with each other? Like there's no way we can reconcile them. How do we live in the tension of that for us today? All right. So I've used the word pruning a couple of times. What is pruning? Right. You take a plant. So we have a lemon tree in front of our house. It is a very sad, sad, sad lemon tree. Uh, so it was recently pruned. We fertilized it. We're like, I've just started, I decided, I was like, I'm going to start taking out little, you know, pitchers of water because it's not getting enough water. And we have one small little bud on it. And I'm holding hope that there will be a lemon from this lemon tree. But the pruning helps to help the tree uh, be healthy. Jesus himself talks about this. Uh, You remember in John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the, you are the branches, right? And in that passage, what he says is this. He says, um, God cuts off every branch in me uh, that bears no fruit. So So if a branch has no fruit, off it goes. But the branches that are bearing fruit, he prunes so that they will be more fruitful, right? Pruning helps you be more fruitful, And so what we see here is that Abraham is about to undergo some pruning. So what's the story? The story is that, um, remember, we we looked a while ago, Isaac is born. Uh, So he is now no longer nursing. So they're throwing a big party. Uh, You can imagine, like, you know, in in, in a day where babies would die very often, the fact that a child got to the point where he or she was no longer nursing was a big deal. So you throw a party. Uh, So they're throwing a party, and at the party, uh, Isaac is probably no more than three years old, uh, and Ishmael is probably somewhere between 10 and 13 years old. Uh, And so Isaac and Ishmael are playing together. Now, we don't know what happens, and can I just tell you that there has been a lot written on what it means that Ishmael was mocking Isaac. I read, I went down that rabbit hole a lot longer than I needed to this past week. Uh, And at the end of the day, I just don't know what happened. 
But what we do know is that Sarah was not happy. Uh, What we know is that Sarah was threatened. Uh, Something happened that made her go, "Uh uh-uh. Mama Bear was like, no, we're not having this, all right? She has got to go. He has got to go. And Abraham is distressed by this. Uh, Abraham is not happy about this. And so uh, he turns to God. Now, why is this happening? Uh, This is the part where you just start realizing like the difficulty of how sin plays itself out. Because what happened is that Abraham didn't take God at his word. What happened is that Sarah didn't take Abraham, Abraham's word for what God had said. And so as a result, they decided we're going to do things our own way. Uh, And Ishmael was born. She, you know, Abraham ends up uh, marrying Hagar uh, and they have a kid together. And that, that, that was not supposed to happen. So now hear me very carefully. Ishmael is not a sin, right? We can't go there. Um, But Abraham's disobedience made a a really hard situation even more difficult. Uh, And so here we are at this moment where uh, Ishmael needs to go because he legitimately is a threat to Isaac's inheritance. Uh, He would technically be a contender for all of the blessings that Isaac was supposed to have. But also... The other thing that seems to be happening here is that Abraham is still Ishmael's plan B. Something happens to Isaac, Ishmael is still plan B. And the Lord wants Abraham to realize like, hey, there's no plan B. It's Isaac or nothing. Like you have to trust me that this is how it's going to work. And so this is the first of two stories where God is pruning Abraham. He's, he's cutting branches off of Abraham so that Abraham can become more fruitful. Uh, kids, you know the story of the voyage of the Don Treader? Another voyage. All right, so the voyage of the Don Treader is part of the C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia series. So there's this boy in the voyage of the Don Treader by the name of Eustace Scrub. And Eustace Scrub is a nasty, nasty boy. Uh, I won't go into all the details, but he is not a kind individual. Well, they get to this one particular island, and on this island, Eustace stumbles onto a cave. Uh, And in this cave is a giant mound of dragon's treasure. Uh, And so Eustace climbs in, and the magic of that island that night, as Eustace falls asleep on this giant hoard of dragon's gold, what happens to him? Who knows? He He becomes a dragon. Right? He becomes a dragon. Uh, and so all of the dragonish feelings that Eustace had, he becomes a dragon. Well, the story moves on. Uh, and, and as a dragon, Eustace begins to be a, a kind dragon. He's, you know, he's not as mean as he was as a boy. Uh, and then one day, Aslan shows up. And Aslan says to, to this dragon, uh, Eustace, he says, hey, you need to take the skin off. Uh, and Eustace, you know, takes and he starts ripping off uh, his dragon skin and he gets a layer off, but he's still a dragon. So he does it again. You know, try again. All right. So he takes it off. To, and what happens? You all know he's still a dragon. So then what happens is that Aslan goes in and he takes his little claw. Not, Aslan probably doesn't have little claws. He takes his giant lion claw uh, and he 
goes into Eustace and just rips off the dragon skin. And it says that it hurts super badly. Uh, and then the skin peels off. Aslan was taking away, he was pruning, he was removing from Eustace the dragon skin uh, in order to help him not be a dragon anymore. God was taking Ishmael away in order to help Abraham trust in him. It was painful. Uh, It's super sad because, I mean, you know, you can imagine what's happening. Adults, right? You can imagine what's going on in this 13-year-old boy's mind as he is being told, you can't live here anymore. Uh, so the, 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 the tension of it is real. And this is the reality of the consequences of sin in our life. God is pruning Abraham in order to help him to completely trust in him. Um, he's also protecting Isaac and protecting the promise because that was really important. Uh, and the process through that is that Abram has to suffer. Suffering is a part of what it means to be human. That's not a newsflash to any of you, I take it, right? Um, The wisdom of scripture. So here's one of the realities that whatever you believe, whether you're here today and you're convinced of the teachings of Christianity, or you're here today and you're exploring the teachings of Christianity, or you're here today and you've absolutely rejected the teachings of Christianity, regardless of where we are, we all have to have an account for understanding suffering in our world. Uh, and so this particular episode is a great entry point. It's not the only place that scripture talks about it, but, but it is part of what's happening here. Uh, Tim Keller in his book, I think it's called Walking with God in Pain and Suffering, uh, suggests that there are three basic ways that Christians have historically tried to understand suffering. That there are three ways that we say like, this is, this is how the Lord uses suffering and trials in the life of his people. Uh, First, there is suffering that comes as a result of sinful behavior. Uh, So an example of that would be Jonah, right? Jonah's running away from God. And so he ends up in the belly of a fish for three days because he's just absolutely rebelling against God. Um, I think you can make the case that part of what's happening with Abraham is this. Uh, Secondly, there is the type of suffering that God brings on his people because he wants to prevent future problems. Uh, Joseph is a good example of this, right? Joseph was kind of an arrogant kid, uh, kind of a pain. Uh, and so he gets, uh, his brother's sin against him big time. Uh, he gets sold into slavery. He gets put in prison. He gets falsely accused of something, but all of that suffering changes Joseph so that he becomes a very mature and godly individual and ends up being the second most powerful person in the world at his time. Uh, And then there's the suffering that happens because God wants to uh, provide a deeper sense of love and dependence on him. Job is a good example of that. Jesus' suffering in this world uh, is an example of that. And I think you can make the case that that's also partly what's happening here with Abraham. Um, Now, here's the thing. We gotta be really, really careful. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. I don't want you to hear me say that if you are suffering in your life, that that means that you sinned and that God is like zapping you because of your sin. Um, it takes a lot of wisdom. Uh, it takes a lot of prayer and it takes discernment 
to figure out what is happening. And sometimes we just never know. I mean, at the end of the day, we know what happens with Job because we're reading the story. Job at the end of the story, like has no clarity about why he went through what he went through. And so sometimes we go through these periods of suffering and the Lord, for whatever reason, says like, it's not time for you to know yet why you are going through this. Um, And so it's important for us when when we are going through periods of trial and suffering, when, when people we care about are going through those trials, that we be very careful about how we apply the wisdom of scripture into these particular situations. Now, so that's one part of the story. God is pruning, right? He's, he's, he's helping Abraham become more fruitful. This is the first of two stories. The next story is Isaac. We're going to see that next week. What about Hagar and Ishmael? So here, uh, what we see is that they're suffering too, right? Uh, Ishmael, Isaac are playing, next thing you know, and again, we don't know, it could, it could have been something more sinister, we just don't know. Um, but Sarah's like, uh-uh, you're out of here, and Abraham says, okay, you can go. Abraham only sends them out after the Lord says, it's okay, I'm going to take care of Ishmael. Uh, and so it says that early in the morning, he, he gave them some food, he gave them some water, and he sent them on their way. Now, we don't know how much time elapses, But from the time that they're sent, verse 15, we're told that they're out of food, they're out of water, uh, and Hagar's in despair. Uh, And so she puts Ishmael over by a little bush or tree, uh, and she walks away about the distance of a bow shot because she just can't bear uh, to see her son die. Uh, And and, uh, there uh, is where the Lord shows up again. Now, I this is a great example too. Like, I don't know why they went through this. Like, I can't tell you the reason they went through this is because of, you know, reason two of God bringing suffering in our lives. We just don't know. Uh, The scripture doesn't tell us, and I don't want to venture a guess. What we do know is that God saw them and heard them. How do we know that? You remember back in Genesis 16? uh, This is the second time Hagar's had to go into the wilderness because of Abraham and Sarah's sin. Uh, so the first time she was pregnant, this time Ishmael's a little, a, a young boy. And what we see is that in that first story, uh, Hagar said, the Lord saw me. And so she, the only person in the Bible that ever gives a name to the Lord is Hagar. Uh, and she calls the Lord El Roy, the God who sees Um, Now, what's interesting about that particular story, I I didn't say it then because I was waiting to say it today, was that if you look at what the Lord says, she says to uh, to Hagar, um, name your son Ishmael because the Lord heard your distress. Now, Ishmael means, does anybody know what Ishmael means? God hears. Name your son God hears because I heard you. Right? So then skip ahead, Genesis 17. God is telling Abraham, uh, hey, I'm going to bless Isaac. And Abraham says, what about Ishmael? And the Lord says, I hear you. I'm going to bless Ishmael too. And then we get here to Genesis 21. And it says that God heard the boy, the lad. God heard the lad crying. So we've been set up from the beginning of being introduced to this kid, to this young man, to this boy. We've been introduced to this idea that God has heard him in his suffering. 
God has heard him in this very broken family system that he was a part of. God has heard him. And that that's an integral part of who the Lord is. That he sees and he hears. And so what ends up happening is he grows up, he, he becomes the father of the Ishmaelites, uh, and, and, and he prospers. All right, so what have we seen, right? So, so point one is that God prunes his people uh, in order that they might flourish. He prunes his people in order that they might become more fruitful. Point two is that um, God uh, provides, that he is a God who sees and a God who hears. And so here's the reality that many of us, our conception of who the Lord is, is that either he's a pruner or he's a provider, right? Some of us, our view of God is that God is just constantly pruning, 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 cutting, 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 judging, 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 zapping, zapping, zapping. And others of us, our conception of God is that he is just like, I'm gonna pour out blessing after blessing after blessing. And the reality is that it's not one or the other, it's both, right? That the Lord reveals himself to his people as one who does both. Remember Eustace? So what happens to Eustace after he gets that skin off? Do you all know, remember, does anybody remember what we're told happens to Eustace? Do you remember, what was it? Do you remember? Your dad, I'm reading it to Asa right now. It's a great story. Um, so what happens is that Eustace begins to change, right? He doesn't like magically become this holy, perfect person, but we're told he begins to change so much so that when he gets back home, his mom doesn't like him because he's too kind now, which kind of tells you a little bit about why Eustace was such a scoundrel. But the point is that, that, that the pruning changed Eustace so that he became a different kind of person. What's happening here? See, um, the, uh, for, for those of us who follow Christ, the, the wisdom of scripture, everybody has to have an answer to how do we think through the suffering we go through. For the Christian, the answer to that question begins by looking at Jesus. Right, Because when we look at Jesus, what we realize is that he suffered for us. Matthew 4, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness in order to be tempted. Right, The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And you know, you think of all the different things that Jesus says. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. All the different instances where people tried to stone him, kill him, throw him off a cliff. Uh, then in Matthew 26, when he's betrayed, uh, he's denied, um, he is praying in the middle of the night and the father's not answering him. And then in Matthew 27, he's crucified. He's, he's like beaten to a bloody pulp, literally bleeding to a bloody pulp. Uh, he's crucified. People are taunting him and mocking him. Jesus did not walk away from suffering. He walked through suffering and he walks through suffering for you and me. He walks through suffering in order that we might be able to have a relationship with him and with the father. And so when we think about our own suffering, we can't 
neglect to see our suffering, and this is what the New Testament teaches us, right? We can't neglect to see our suffering, our trials, the thing, the difficulties that we go through apart from who Jesus is and what it is that he has done for us. The Lord is pruning Abraham and he's going to prune him some more next week in order that Abraham might become more fruitful for the Lord. Does that negate the pain? No, it doesn't negate the pain. Does that make it necessarily easier? No, it doesn't necessarily make it easier. But it helps give us understanding for what it is that the Lord is doing in our lives. There are whole categories of the Bible that are devoted to helping God's people think about suffering. There's a whole genre, there's a whole selection of the book of Psalms called Psalms of Lament. And the Psalms of Lament, their purpose is to teach God's people what it looks like to faith, to walk by faith through pain and suffering. There's a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations. And the book of Lamentations is one extended uh, meditation on lament. What does it look like when things are not going the way that you thought they were going to go? The book of Job. The book of Job is one extended story that tells us this is what it looks like to wrestle with God when everything is going as bad as it possibly could. It is no surprise to any of us, right, that the last couple of years have been filled with tension. And for some of us, like truly legitimate suffering, some of us have, have uh, been very sick because of COVID or because of other things. Uh, some of us uh, have lost loved ones. Uh, some of us have lost friendships or connections to family members because of all of the political divisions that are happening. Uh, and the list just goes on and on and on, right? And what's happened is that we have been discipled to think that there's no need for suffering. We've been discipled to think that suffering is something that we walk away from, that suffering, suffering is something that we avoid at all costs. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you run into suffering. But when suffering comes, the scripture has for us all of this amazing resources to help us to think biblically about what it is that we are going through. Psalms that teach us, that give us language of prayer. Stories like the story of Abraham that give us categories for us to think in. And so the reality is that, that God had been prepared. So this is not the beginning of the story, right? This is not chapter one of Abraham's story. God had been discipling Abraham through his life up until this particular point. And this is hard. And the story next week is in some ways even harder. But God had been preparing Abraham for this. And what I want to submit to you is that the Lord is preparing you as well. That he loves you, his people, and that he's preparing you. And the, the things that he uses to prepare you are worship. This is going back to the beginning of the sermon. is worship, 
right? Being here on a weekly basis is this constant touch point that says, man, we are part of a story that is a lot bigger than the individual stories of our lives. Every week we, we, we have a meal that at its focus is a body that is broken and blood that is poured out. The themes of suffering are not tangential to the Christian life. They're central to the Christian life because our savior is a crucified savior. He is a suffering servant. Prayer, which is the language of lament of crying out to God, holding on to the promises of God. It's all the stuff that I talked about at the beginning. This is how the Lord shapes us as his people so that in those times when we enter into periods, whether they are short or long, where we are suffering, where there's trial, where there's uncertainty, where the Lord calls us to leave things behind and we're like, why on earth are you doing this to me? that we can rest assured that he's not far away, but that he's actually very near. Notice that in both of the scenes of the story, the Lord speaks to Abraham and he speaks to Hagar. Now he's not gonna necessarily speak to you in the way that he spoke to them, but the principle is that he's not far away. He sees and he hears. And because he sees and he hears, we can have confidence that he's going to use the things of our lives, especially those difficult times, which is what we're focusing on today, uh, in order to shape us into people that reflect Jesus. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you Uh, that you suffered, I'm sorry, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to suffer for us. Uh, And that because he suffered for us, that you um, help us and give us understanding. But Lord, the reality is that, um, that right now there are people in this room uh, where this is not a mental exercise, but this is very real that the suffering that they're going through, the trials that they are facing, the things that you're calling them uh, to give up or the things that you're calling them to do are very front and center. Uh, and so Lord, I, uh, I ask specifically for those of us whom that's true, that... Um, that you would allow a special measure of your grace and presence uh, to descend on them even now. And that in a few minutes, as they eat and drink, that you would give them a tangible expression of your mercy and your favor and your love. Uh, And then for those of us, Lord, who right now, that's not where we are. We're, We're not in a place right now where we are Um, experiencing significant trial or suffering, um, that you would help us uh, to prepare, uh, that you would help us to take advantage of the things that you've given to us, prayer, worship, holding on to your promises, 
so that when those periods come, because they will more than likely come, uh, that we will be uh, able to walk through them with a deeper reliance on you. Father, anything that I've said this morning that was unclear, uh, anything that I've said this morning that has not been helpful, um, I commit to you and ask that you would make up for my own weakness and my own communication, um, that you would help your people whom you love uh, to see you more clearly. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.